0: Hi everybody! Welcome to Mediocre Conversations
1: with Tom and Drew. I'm Tom, and I'm Drew, and this is the only podcast where we will guarantee the only thing that you'll hear is mediocrity. Tom, Drew, I'm thrilled for this episode. You know it's why? It's an
0: exciting time. Tell me why.
1: We have, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something new right now. For you and the listeners. Oh, we man. have the third member of the Jedi Council. That's right. Master. Oh, no. I forgot her last name. Woods. We have yet another person who has sent us an email. Just immediately
0: our, inducted into the council. We didn't even discuss this. He made a decision. Right.
1: there, the, I believe there are 12 seats on the council. I'm learning along with you all right now. You should see okay. the smile on his face. <laughs> It was happy learning. Uh, now, Tom, what was the email yeah, address Drew. that um, Master Woods sent her request to? Um,
0: mediocreconversations at gmail.com.
1: That was so smooth that I just have to give you props for it. It's funny Hold because
0: it. I had planned everything that you are doing right now, yeah. I had planned on doing a version of
1: I'm like, certain that you're right version up until been, this point would have been better
0: no no it wouldn't have been oh because yours is the one that everyone hears and so it was the best
1: to be fair you've had 21 other opportunities (laughs) to set up all the material this one that's this very specific event i'm talking about this one now i feel bad i apologize no one no why are you feeling no you made you made me feel bad about what a good job i did First of all, I can't make you feel anything. Your demeanor and words struck right at my feelings.
0: <laughs> okay. So, yeah, very exciting time. Our first non-winkle
1: email. Yeah. Well, we've we've had... Oh, no, I guess we actually haven't had nope. one from
0: Savage, have we? Nope. He just texts us directly and asks a couple of questions. He's
1: got a hotline. The red phone. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, and, and then somebody... It. To, to ask you on discord specifically mm. those don't count those are those are through unofficial channels if you want it to be legit get on our level get yeah, on if you want to
1: be- master woods level you idiots yeah. you get on the council you, you hit up the email address yeah yeah or you know us and are a part of our lives so she had
0: a bunch of questions you can wow. tell that she her and and master winkle are good friends because they email similarly in that Mm -hmm. they just jam it packed full of content and questions for us to get at.
1: Yeah. Each question could be considered multiple questions unto itself.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The first question is what's your social security number? We're just going to respond to that one. We respond to those. Yeah. So we'll send that.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's a pretty straightforward, um, uh, question. I mean, we'll, 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 uh, we'll get through some of these, maybe all, who knows, but do you have a preferred order that you watch
1: star Wars in? I you know, we have talked about this before, so we'll just, we'll hit. On I know, but I didn't want to make her feel bad for not listening. No, it's that. fine. We'll let's do that. I mean, we've made other people. I mean, she bad. should, but right. I didn't. Yeah. There's a very clear answer to this for me. Mm-hmm. And that is the release order because that is the order that was the order that Star Wars was released in. So that was the yeah. that was the the experience that everybody originally had. And so I feel like that's a good if you watch them in that order, it's a good way mm-hmm. to like come in on the ground floor, like that everybody else had the had that same experience, right? Yeah. You don't have to do that. That's just the way that I feel about it. So I mean. I would what my recommendation is watch them in release order. And then once you have done that, watch them in any order that you feel is correct.
0: Yeah. Now there are a couple different ones, right? So yep. there's release order. There's yep. chronological order. Correct. There's what's referred to as the machete. Uh, order, yep. That is something that is out there, which and, you, you, don't, care
1: you don't, care don't care for. You don't care for it. No, I don't. Why, why is that? Because it basically eliminates part of the story. It literally
0: I, eliminates part of the story. Yeah, which I disagree with.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Uh, I'm trying to find the machete order so that be-
1: it's um. You watch four, and then you watch. You skip number one. You watch two and three as a flashback, and then you right. watch four, five, six, seven. You watch five, six, seven, <laughs> eight,
0: nine. Yeah, and like that whole watch as a flashback thing that's that's kind of cool to me it like okay it changes it changes your approach to the movie Mm -hmm. and so it kind of changes the meaning of some of the things that you see right sure by by and and like the the fact that it their flashbacks kind of lends to it looking differently Mm -hmm. you know uh which is i mean all all three of them look completely different right right which is hilarious to have older movies be made sooner or like older Um, you know what I'm saying right so it's like the uh, most not the most recent or in this case the middle ones look the oldest and then the newest ones obviously look the best right yep you know but there's that middle that looks really weird there's a bunch of other orders in here um i'm just on a website that's interesting um i'm not gonna go through all of these i've watched in uh release order and chronological except now now disney came out with a thing because disney owns everything now they came out with uh or somebody came out with a thing where you can watch every single thing that's available in star wars so they're like Watch this movie and then watch these episodes of the Clone Wars and then watch that, you know, and so you you can sort of get that whole thing. But who has the fucking time for that? Me.
1: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I mean, that sounds like a project at some point I'll probably accomplish. That's like a bucket list item. Yeah.
0: Now, I include the one-offs. I include Solo and Rogue One. Absolutely. Uh, And now you can do, you know, you can take off from mandalorian book of boba fett things like that and then kenobi
1: of course yeah can't wait it
0: Terrifying seems like it. it seems like with marvel though i'll watch one and then be like well i guess i better watch the other 20 <laughs> in order now you know or i'll watch one and be like crap i should start from the beginning and do this i property. started
1: this hike and now i have to do it yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah but I'd say, like, once a year, maybe once every other year, I'm just like, ah, I'll, I'll do the whole Star Wars thing again. Kind of like with Marvel, too. I'll just,
1: I'll take that train ride. Um, I'm more to the point where I'm just watching them as, like, I, like I'll like i just one of it, like, on a weekend or something. Sure. So, like, this last weekend, I watched the Rise of Skywalker again, just to kind of, mm-hmm. I get so worked up when everybody shows up. Spoilers. And, like... <laughs> the sky, the whole sky is just packed with ships. I think that's so awesome. Yeah. yeah. I literally stood up and cheered in the theater <laughs> when I saw it for the first time.
0: I think visually the newest ones are, are great, obviously, just because of the oh, graphics. Yeah. But like the the original trilogy is like the story and the development is a lot cooler for me, I think. Because mm-hmm. older movies, I feel like, I mean, yeah, obviously this was like groundbreaking technology and stuff that they were using right but like right. they relied more on te- um, development of the characters and like them actually meaning something versus now where you can find an ancient dagger uh, anyway i digress uh so if you had to watch it if, if you decide you were going to watch them all like this week you would do release order yeah i would that's so weird to me. All right, sure. moving on. So we've talked about varying degrees of fanhood mm-hmm. or fanaticism, right? Uh, on here, right? Um, Winkle likes to throw around the term
1: "fucking casual." Yes, that I believe he's referencing something I said in one of our early episodes. You are. I. It's hard to say. Right. Maybe
0: he'll remember. Probably not, though. Um. Mm. Uh, and this is more of a, a question just about the philosophy or, or the theory behind being a fan of something. Um, so, I mean, the question in general, what does it mean to be a fan of something, uh, just casually enjoying it, consuming every piece of media created for it? Um, I mean, I think the answer is probably there's a spectrum.
1: Right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you you and I have had so many conversations where it's like, you are like, well, it's a spectrum there's, and I'm always like, no, it's, it's either this or that. Right. Mm -hmm. And I've tried mightily to (laughs) uh, join that spectrum of like belief or enjoyment or whatever that might be. And I do believe that there's a, a spectrum. So like here, let's, let me give you an example. It's like, I like football. Yeah. And I'm a Michigan, University of Michigan fan. So, like, when I talk about the Michigan football team, I say we. And I include myself in the, like, success or failure of the team. Sure. And, and a lot of people get weirded out by that. They don't understand it or they don't they do not do that themselves. So, it's, it's a departure from their behavior. But I, there are lots of people that do that as well. So, I mean you know that's pretty deep-seated fandom right and so i feel that way about a number of things star wars being one i mean you in
0: michigan that's on a very emotional yeah sort of like if they do poorly your weekend could be
1: ruined so and has yeah. it that has happened that has happened yes yeah. that has happened more than, i mean now i have grown up and matured a little bit but yeah no that still happens
0: yeah and like i'm i mean fan you know fanatic is where it comes from right, right. um and i mean obviously there are people that are like no i'm a star wars fan i love baby yoda and there's some people that are like you are a poser you don't know what you're talking about because I mean, there there are those types of people, right?
1: Gatekeeping, mm-hmm. fandom of the thing that they love, right? Sure. Like if you don't if you don't meet me at my depth, you're not real, right?
0: <laughs> right. Which is probably more just an insecurity that they have of themselves. One hundred percent. But we don't need to. We don't need to tell those people what's wrong with them today.
1: Right. Just go um, seek therapy. <laughs>
0: Now, would you say that you love Star Wars unconditionally?
1: Pretty much. Um, I feel like that when you really. Mm. When you really. I think when people really care about something, he's laughing at me right now, everybody. He backed <laughs> away from the mic so you couldn't hear him laugh. When you really care about something, you just want to celebrate it in like whatever form that it shows up in. Yeah. So, like, this is. Just about the only thing in life that I feel that way about. Mm -hmm. I put conditions on almost everything else. And, but for whatever reason, when it's Star Wars, I'm just like, I see the trolls on the internet and I see all the negativity that's out there because for whatever reason, whatever television show or movie didn't live up to everyone's expectations, all of them, like they were six years old again. And I think like, here's what's going to happen with that is that you're going to hate on it. You're going to shit all over it. And then five years from now, you're going to be like, bro, I love that movie. Right. I love that show, you know, and like, you know, me, like I, I very much formulate opinions and it's hard to move off of them. I can be stubborn at points, but like one of the things that I did an absolutely 180 on In my life was that when Ahsoka Tano was introduced into Star Wars in the Clone Wars animated film, I hated that character's guts. Like I wanted her gone. I didn't like that Anakin had an apprentice. I didn't much care for her like glibness and familiarity with Anakin. Uh, And I thought, and I mean, but like then you know, it took me a long time to be like, Drew, bro, that movie is made for ten-year-olds. (laughs) not 21 or 26 year olds or however old i was when it came out yeah you know and so i had to tell myself like you gotta chill i mean it's probably if someone out there really likes that character and then the clone wars television show happened and then there's seven seasons of development for that character and by the time that that show's over she's my second favorite character in star wars
0: yeah next on solo right okay that was
1: that was inappropriate (laughs) (laughs) how is it appropriate
0: i mean i think that that i don't know that that means okay sure i don't know if that's unconditional i feel like there's just maturity in your thinking of things like you like this thing and you under but you don't let that sort of cloud reason for you right which helps you enjoy it even more
1: Yeah. I mean, and that's the nice thing. I mean, like with, I mean, no matter what it is, no matter what, I mean, I want to reference all these different like science fiction or fan like Harry Potter or transformers or, you know, something that from your childhood or whatever it is that might still be going Lord of the Rings or just like, you know, whether it's like cooking or whatever interest you have or whatever, like, yeah, if it's bringing you happiness, then like, why are you putting conditions on it? You know? And so like, I would much rather be excited for the new things that star Wars are doing. And they're doing a lot of new things. Yeah, they are. And I want to be excited about those things because I want to be happy about what star Wars is, you mm-hmm. know, and you know, it's probably, I, I hate to say this because like Disney owns everything I liked since I was a little kid now, but like since Disney's got it, i think they probably did a lot of really good things yeah and uh you know i'm excited about the i mean i wasn't sure about visions liked it you know i wasn't so i wasn't certain what the mandalorian would be liked it you know sequel trilogy liked it you know but you have to be open to liking it and if you're gonna find the good in something yeah and so like i think that that's important for fans so whether that is just that like you just like baby yoda like i have a couple i have a i have a couple who have kids they're mm-hmm. friends of mine and one of their kids is like between two and three and he just loves baby yoda but he can't even understand much beyond the fact that baby yoda is cute right right but that kid is a fan yeah you know and so his parents who have a better i mean he's gonna grow up with uh, a and get a better understanding of what those stories are. But he's mm-hmm. going to, that's his starting point, right? Like he's, he likes baby Yoda. Lots of other people like baby Yoda. That's well, cool. That's the new gateway drug into star Wars.
0: It is. And that's all, I mean, that, that's what Disney is always going to be
1: about. <laughs> oh yeah. Right. I mean, folks.
0: We just looked up, we just looked up some prices for some Lego. Oh dude. Uh, well, I don't know even what they're called. Lego sets. For yeah. some Star
1: Wars things, right? Sandcrawler, the Sandcrawler. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Just like a, a set of uh, you know, you know something like they have two different age ranges for it. Yeah. And like the lower age range was like two hundred and forty some dollars, and the yeah. and the the one for adults was four hundred and seventy dollars. So it's like, hey man, that kid that likes Baby Yoda in seven to nine years or whatever the date the age range was. He's going to want that damn Sandcrawler for... Start saving now.
1: Yeah, well, it'll be like $600. $20 a week yeah. for eight years. We'll get you this one Lego set that he will <laughs> half build once and then put down.
0: <laughs> and then take the pieces and make other things with it.
1: Oh, sacrilege. Right. Yeah, but there's, I mean, fandom is a spectrum. And yeah. as long as you're enjoying it, for you know, and like, it's not hurting anybody. It doesn't matter why yeah. you like it just yeah be, yeah just be open to liking more of it
0: yeah we and and us here at Mediocre Conversations we don't uh we don't gatekeep your level of interest in the although the fact that you're listening to a Star Wars podcast unless it's you just find the, us
1: our Star incredibly
0: Wars hilarious yeah. which I wouldn't blame you for you I'm probably right. have some sort of interest in Star Wars yeah that's why you stay here. Well said. <laughs> um, <clears throat> here's, here's an interesting uh, topic yeah. that I think you've mentioned before. Maybe. Um, people, people liking characters or identifying with characters, but potentially for the wrong reasons, and maybe not even necessarily the wrong reasons. Um, first of all, do you think that 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 happens? I mean, obviously it has to happen. I don't know what I don't know what right or wrong reasons would yeah, be. I, there would have to be a judgment there. I think.
1: Yeah, I would. I would have loved it if Master Woods had included a, an example with this question. That would have been that would have helped clarify I think where she was coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, liking a character for the wrong. I know that I dislike a character for the wrong for the wrong reasons. Um, you, so, you admit they're wrong reasons. Oh, yeah. Like, they're shallow and petty and probably, at this point, outdated. And I need to open back up. I've just hated Han Solo for so long that it just feels comfortable to continue to hate him. But his son did kill him. And no, I feel th- like... I love spoilers. Trilogy. I feel like
0: you had a decent reason outside of not liking Harrison Ford and his contribution to the Star, War- Star Wars world and how he acted off camera but yeah he's trash but his his character in general is not a good dude that people praise as a good dude right that was that was part of your beef with him
1: yes it was so like Han Solo his day job is he runs he is a courier for a gangster like what gangster so like of the Hutt Thank you. And so, um, whether that is like maybe he's maybe he is carrying baby bottles and like cute, fuzzy stuffed animals, I doubt it. It's way more likely that he does things like I carry people, criminals, and drugs and guns to other people who want to use all of those things. And he's he does it because that's the only way that he can have that the kind of freedom in the galaxy that he wants okay neat. just don't be a fucking criminal about it except that that's exactly what he is so well that's what he's supposed to be right
0: he's supposed to be that that
1: uh he is supposed to be a starter gold tyrant. yeah he's a pirate yeah. right like he's the beloved adventurer who um plays by loves, his own rules right he plays by his own rules and he he's always chasing the horizon. Like, he is a different version of Jack Sparrow, right? Like... Yeah. Okay, neat. <laughs> I like Jack Sparrow because he's funny and Han Solo is not. He's trash. He was supposed so to be. He was supposed to be and Han Solo was not supposed to be. And maybe if Han Solo had been funny and not a drug smuggling criminal, I would have liked the character more. He definitely was more cocky than anything else right although so was princess leia she was she's a princess of an entire planet that matters. that's, that's he's, <laughs> he's a drug smuggler so i mean like but here's here's fair. the other
0: i don't know why you would thing. shit on people trying to rescue you personally but hey you do you princess
1: she was a little, was a little that was a little rough a little, yeah first impressions
0: was, are important
1: even in been, star wars She should know that right like she's a politician yeah but like the other thing that I really had a problem with Han Solo was that everyone loves him. Everyone loves him. And it's like, I hate that as a reason. I
0: hate that as a reason for anything. I know you
1: do. I know you do. But like, I, I looked at someone who i had already formulated an opinion about, and it was like, Oh, everyone else loves this guy. Yeah. I'm just going to hate him more.
0: Yeah.
1: I'll show you guys.
0: I feel like, uh, I think people, hate some characters for the wrong reasons which we've already talked about we don't need to go into too much further but people hated right. Anakin for being a whiny uh they certainly did. angsty teenager who was an whiny angsty teenager yes in the movie right so i don't know what you want from him
1: right. you know, and when you know what here's the thing like i'd watched the prequel trilogy a bunch of times sure and i thought about that character and remembered things about that character then when we started this podcast we were having a conversation off the podcast and you were like so you dislike him because um hayden christensen played a whiny angsty teenager well (laughs) and i was like oh shit i guess that's accurate yeah and i was like oh no now i'm then you have have to to go rewatch it and
0: change your change how you feel yeah we know how much everyone loves change Yes, especially internal change. Do you feel like Do you feel like there are subliminal messages in Star Wars? I think no.
1: So here's here's the, here's something I honestly. All right,
0: moving on. He said no. Uh, no,
1: I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> you've been on that kick. You want you want to do that kind of? This is the second time today you've done that joke. Um, is it really? Yeah. And uh, so here's what I think. I think people with anything that's popular which Star Wars is, feel like that that has to be a part of it.
0: Oh, just like subliminal messages or just messages in
1: general? Messages in general. So like, I don't think.
0: This is interesting.
1: I I don't think that there is subliminal messaging in Star Wars.
0: Okay. I don't think
1: that they're trying to convey any kind of hidden message. In the story of Star Wars. Okay. Opinion over. What
0: messages are they trying to convey overtly then?
1: So I think that... I think one of the things that I think trips people up about Star Wars... Like you and I dive into like the philosophy of it, right? Which comes along with any story that thought has been put into. Yeah. But I think the people who are actually making the films are i don't want to say shallow but like i don't think that they're they're not trying to be more than what they present themselves to be like so like let's talk about let's talk about like 3po just real quick right yeah 3po is kind of a sarcastic bitey asshole for a lot of
0: those c3po stones.
1: correct c3po yeah c3po human cyborg relations golden robot nailed it you figured out who i'm talking about
0: i'm letting everyone else know although everyone has to know if they're um,
1: they're listening to a Star Wars podcast episodes. put on by you and me so um but like there are moments where he really has heartfelt like feelings and emotions about like his friends mm-hmm. and like you know that this dude is just like insecure about whatever and he's a droid right so there, it's programming yeah feelings, but like yeah but like that's as deep as that character goes like the humor that they present in star wars which we've discussed is this kind of like campy on the nose humor it's not complex it's yeah. not it's its own kind of version of humor right we've talked about how like there's no overt sexuality usually In Star Wars, that romance is more of the vehicle by which they delve into relationships as opposed to like a sexual component, Mm -hmm. you know? And so like, I don't think, I think that the reason that they selected those quote unquote storytelling methods is because they are obvious and you don't have to look into it too deeply and it hits you in the face with a point yeah, and I think that that's what Star Wars has always wanted you to 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 feel so that you' you will watch the story and then they dazzle you with bright, shiny lights.
0: So you don't think then that these people, the writers are in there writing something. And you don't think that they're making not necessarily all, but some of the same connections or choices that
1: we make
0: after the movie is made?
1: Um, I guess what I would say is that like, having never been in one of those meetings, I would say that I feel that we like a new hope, like Star Wars was very much trying to be like, we're telling a coming of age story. And that is the sole focus of what we are trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And so I do think that they want to put in story elements that like connect with one another. And now that Disney owns it, we're getting a lot of those. Yeah. You know? And so things are going to tie together more closely, but I don't think that they are really saying like what we are. So like, uh, I have a friend who really didn't like the movie avatar sure. because he was like, this is just bashing America for how we treated native Americans. And I'm like, those people are fourteen feet tall and blue. This is a completely different story. They ride birds that are dinosaurs.
0: Is that person insecure about how we treated uh, Native Americans? Is that, that is how
1: I feel that he might. <laughs> yeah. he might feel right. Yeah, so, like, I don't think that Star Wars is trying to push a narrative like that, right? No, but I don't. I
0: don't think so either.
1: I think that people take that away from it because. Star Wars is extremely relatable and like what happens is when you find something relatable, you equate your own experience to it, whether that's positive or negative.
0: So you've mentioned and sort of one of the catalysts to making this podcast was your interest in uh, the Jedi interest in how they approach life, how they approach problems really on a philosophical basis uh, Mm -hmm. of examining the Jedi, which if you've listened to our first episode, I think that's the one and only time we mention that. Um, <clears throat> so you could just as easily, which are, you've done partly, mm-hmm. just go through and study the very real religions and philosophies that George Lucas used mm-hmm. to write the Jedi, right? Correct. Go to the influences uh, which you've done some a little bit. Yeah. Um, so would you say then that, I mean, there are messages there that aren't necessarily they're not, that, that they're not necessarily trying to tell us it's just, they've, they've modeled characters in this story after certain things that you find interesting. That's a right. message to you. correct? Right. right. Yes. And that's true. It, in other facets of other characters here. Right. I mean, and I mean, we know the overt, you know, you gotta get, you don't give up hope. That seems right. to be a, a, a pretty big one throughout um, the entire thing. <laughs> um, unfortunately, they also say that good always trumps evil, which um, not true, but you can't sell
1: that as easily. I don't think it's, it's tough, but you gotta remember all of these people had really close friends in the uh, the movies that um, went to extreme lengths to make sure yeah. their friends were okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, just remember that friendship is there to defeat any evil, even one that comes back from the dead. Technically, yeah. it was never a really dead, a, right? Has yeah. the same same message. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We'll we'll not, we'll not dissect that. So then there are, there are not, you wouldn't call those subliminal messages, but it's certainly something that speaks to you stronger than other people. And I mean, it's interesting to hear, like, to hear you say something like, Oh, the writers probably, they just wanted to write a good story. And here we are. Dissecting these choices that have been made and like how we think that that would have operated and like applying those decisions and philosophies to real life and trying to do it that way. Um, and it's interesting because it's just like, ah, oh, is it pointless to do that? Just because they just like a bunch of people just put words on pages for, because they thought it sounded cool. And now we're here being like, yeah, but he, Anakin was like an orphan kind of, you know, right. and like, imagine, imagine that world.
1: It reminds me, um, maybe a little bit oddly of a South Park episode sure. where um, a character named Butters, who's one of my favorite characters, um, the four main characters write a story and put Butters' name on it. And then they think it's terrible and that they're going to get in trouble for it. But it turns out to be like this huge worldwide hit naturally. Naturally. And so people are debating this work of fiction that he is getting credit for. And so there's this like, they have a scene where it's a talk show. And it's like, I really like what Butters did here, where he like takes this like ultra liberal idea and totally fas- fascicizes it. And someone else is like, Are you kidding? Uh, Butters Stotch is the most right wing author we've ever seen. And, and it's just like, Yeah, he didn't do anything. And the kids who were writing something, that was not what they were trying to convey. Mm -hmm. they were just trying to tell like a funny story yeah and when people who are not the creator get a hold of it they they turn into jackals like we have been like in this podcast and just rip it apart for anything that you could possibly get out of it you know and so like but that's what happens when something that has been created that means something to somebody else right yeah which is like the whole point of why we tell stories a hundred percent yes a hundred percent yes you, tr- you, you, tell, you tell another person a story for a variety of reasons. One is to make a connection with another person. And they're primarily there for like educational reasons by relating ex- shared experiences. Mm-hmm. So and Star Wars might be the best example, at least in our culture, maybe world history of a story that is relatable to so many different kinds of people now going on almost 50 years why do you think that is because it's universally relatable because the re- the thing about it's objectively
0: Wars, universally relatable yes or own or because you're a fan a fanatic of it um, no so like that enjoys it unconditionally
1: so we've met we've talked about this guy before so like um george lucas based the story um uh, at least partially on ideas by Um, this philosopher named joseph campbell who spent most of his career trying to find the bedrock shared principles between what different cultures tell each other in their stories so like he finds like joseph campbell finds out that like whether you're from like 480 china Mm -hmm. or like 1100 spain you're still trying to convey the same meaning in your stories to like your kids and the people that you trade with and like the people that are in your communities. It's the, what, what is different about humanity is this is the different ways in which we tell the same stories. So star war wars really is to me. And I think that if I wanted to go back to college to write like a dissertation on this, I'd probably be in some pretty good company. It is a distilled version of what humanity shares. And so everyone can see themselves in it because no matter where you come from or what your gender is or your gender identity or like what ethnic ethnicity you are, what culture you're from, there is something for you in star Wars. And that's, that is why that the, I think that the appeal of it, one of the parts of it, and there's others as well, but like one of the big appealing things about star Wars is that everyone can see something of themselves in it. I think and they can do that more easily than they can in other stories that we have told. Star Wars has come as close to the bullseye for universal appeal as any story ever told in human history. Sure,
0: That's interesting. <clears throat> I feel like the one thing or one of the things that they shy away from which makes sense considering especially now that Disney owns it, but is like is... The bad things or or sad things, like they're they're they have the Sith, which is supposed to be you know all all bad things. Yeah, they're evil distilled into two human two beings, right? Correct. Yep. Um, but you know, because you mentioned that it it can apply to everyone, but I think that there's just a layer of of goodness, of good feeling, of everything works out. I mean someone murdered children and they somehow managed to gloss over it enough for you to just be like oh man he mad and uh that's a big bummer but like yeah. it's just interesting how like if if uh a certain some director got a hold of a star wars movie it would be told a lot different like you have to include all of these elements you could just on a board just go all down everything that was in star wars and be like go ahead and write this movie it would they'd be like he murders all these children okay and he throws dude out a window someone who okay okay you're messed up but i'll, I'll get it done and and it'll just be so sad and the, but us we're just like Mwah. hope yoda's okay <laughs> you know
1: I mean, yes, you're right. I mean, and there but there are elements in Anakin's fall that like I think in a way and that's what this is, right? Like the back to this idea of being a spectrum. Yeah. Is that of course his version of it is an extreme one, maybe as as extreme as you can get. Mm-hmm. But there's always a moment I think in all of our lives where we we either do something or say something that hurts somebody else and we do it for the wrong reasons. Cause we're upset. We want to get back at somebody. We want them to feel as lousy as maybe they've made us feel sure. or what has this idea of shot. It's always the it.
0: good reason to do it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so even though we, we despise what Anakin did, it's relatable because we ourselves have done something bad. We have all fallen in some way. Right. And so what, what star wars then tells us is like hey there's hope if anakin skywalker can be redeemed he did something way worse than you'll ever do i hope you know like give it time you can you can be redeemed for what you what you feel is bad
0: yeah i don't necessarily believe that everything is redeemable
1: you know and this is one this is uh you know, one area that you and I happen to have uh, differing opinions on.
0: We do, don't we? We do. Yeah. I mean, he saved his kid. Yes. Kudos for going back to your baser drive of protecting right. your offspring. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm that's not defending. Like
0: a, that's like half a point.
1: I'm not defending the Right. I'm just <laughs> okay. saying that it occurred. <laughs> You know, (laughs) one thing that we have never really discussed, and I'm not saying that we do so now, but maybe in a future episode, is the relationship between Sidious and Vader. Because all through Star Wars history, there has been this idea that with the Sith, or people who use the dark side... Mm -hmm. That there's, um, there's usually one person that's more powerful than the other, but the junior partner in the relationship is almost loyal to a fault, to that more powerful person.
0: Or an acolyte.
1: Yes. And so I've always been very confused at that relationship because what there's no positivity in it.
0: But that's the whole point, isn't it? Right. Like Vader that, yes. needed that negativity. That's what... That's where his power came from. And so he had to keep it
1: right. So, I mean, like I would very much like to, at some point explore that, that type of relationship, like discuss that type of relationship because Vader and Palpatine are together for like 20 years. Yeah. You know, and it's, I mean, like at some point, don't you just get bored being in, being in charge of everybody?
0: It, it seemed to last a very long time. Like, Like, um, Kylo Ren, he did it right. He was still in his prime. Mm -hmm. Of course he didn't, he, he wasn't burned up and chopped up and stuff, but like, he was just like, ah, I'm like mid twenties. I'm ready to take on the world myself. Right. Thanks dad. You know, he had that, he had that young, I'm smarter than everybody sort of naivete.
1: Yeah. The invincibility of youth.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, as we discussed last week, and as everyone who's listening to this now has already listened to that one, because they listen to them every week. Thank you. Right, correct. Repeat business. (laughs) Uh, Sith deal with essentially negative emotions. Yes. And the Jedi, as I, so expertly coined, (laughs) <laughs> deal in the space between the negative and positive emotions that's where they operate i did coin attest. that test what if there was discovery that like joy and elation are a third sort of uh, connection to the force that allows you to be even more powerful sort sure. of like you know how in Monsters, Inc. when they keep trying to scare people oh, and yeah. then they realize that, oh, if you make them laugh, it's so much
1: more it's you so just better. get way it's more. What
0: if what if we they Monsters, Inc. Uh,
1: Star, Star Wars. Wars? Well, we can do that now because Disney owns both of them. <laughs> I mean, just I just if, want
0: the idea. I don't want Sully running around.
1: <laughs> I'm just saying if Mike Wazowski shows up on Tatooine, no one should be freaked out about
0: it. Uh, yeah. I mean, Likely still, they late. can do that now. But like, how do you think that would that, that would
1: go? Okay. So let me um, just a thought experiment. A Little thought experiment. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you're sitting down. So let let me. I'm going to make a point, and then I want you to let me take it one step further. Okay? Oh, okay. All right. So whether you're you're talking about fear and anger, leading to the path of the dark side, I feel that joy and elation is just a different path to the same place. So here's the, here's the reason why. So people who practice the dark side of the force are driven by their passion. And so what is passion? Except the intense feeling of something, right? It's not passion of their anger. It's not the passion of their fear. It's that they're, they feel intensely whatever it is that they feel. So here's, here's the way that I, I feel about it. So when we see Anakin delving into the dark side, he goes to the temple, he kills everyone in the temple. Then he goes to Mustafar he kills the separatist leaders, right? Like he's basically reveling in all of the primal negative emotions, fear, anger, hatred. Um, He's doing them, he thinks, for a good reason because that's going to help him become strong on the dark side, which then he'll use to save Padme, which of course he never does because the dark side corrupts him. So if you take it from the other direction and you're like joyful and you're elated and you're feeling the exact opposite of those emotions, you are still feeling something passionately. Ultimately, my, my feeling is that if you combine passion and the Force, you are going to end up in the dark side of the Force. Because as you coined, if, like, if you are coming from, like, the example that you used was uh, the fight between Darth Maul and Qui-Gon Jinn, right? And there's that, there's the scene where they are separated by these, like, energy barriers for some reason that exists in that super inconvenient
0: thing to have on a ship i I gotta imagine
1: i imagine i mean i agree with you and so they get separated for a brief second right so what what do they each do maul paces back and forth because he's hunting right like he's on the prowl he wants to kill qui-gon qui-gon takes up a pose and tries to center himself like because what he is looking for is serenity a yeah. place of objectivity that he can that he can derive his actions from. So whether you're – I just don't see how you can be joyful and elated and serene simultaneously. And if I had to equate those emotions with one side of the force or another, I'm going to equate it with the dark side of the force because it mirrors very closely the way that dark side practitioners – revel in their feelings so i don't know exactly how it would get there because the force as it's practiced in the movies is not something that we, you and i can practice in real life but i'm relatively confident in my answer
0: that's a that's an interesting way to put it and then i got to imagine that adding to that mm. anger is far easier to access than happiness
1: yes 100 percent. and right so, like, one thing that we have, um, we've seen in the movies is that, uh, oh, it's not this one. It's Harry Potter, right? Like, um, Dumbledore says, like, very soon we'll all have the chance to do what is right and what's easy. And right. anger is easy. It yeah. is an easy emotion. It takes over. It guides your actions. You feel powerful when you're angry. I know I was angry a lot for a very long time. And it's, it's sometimes it gets to the point where you just don't know how to deal with situations if you're not angry. Right. But because that's all, you know, that's all, you know. Right. And so like, that's how, I mean, like when you see someone like Anakin delve into the dark side of the forest for 20 years, I mean, it becomes what you know, and that's how you deal with everything. You just have a hammer in your toolbox.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's interesting you mentioned last week i was i was this is we've parlayed into one of the topics that i was going to bring up you mentioned you mentioned last week the the quote from yoda uh, fear is a path to the dark side fear leads to anger anger leads to hate hate leads to suffering yep and that just made me think you know the other side of that coin which is you know I was gonna think of some whole thing. Would have been equal, great equal to that? No, you guys imagine a really good quote. But it was basically the other side of that, you know, happiness leads to love, love leads to suffering. It can so you yeah, right. So this, you know, the same different different range of emotions, but the same end. I mean, hate can't always lead to suffering.
1: I'm sure that it, I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of examples where it stops short. Right. However, yeah. Like it certainly can, which is why the Jedi try and avoid it. Cause suffering's not the goal. Right.
0: Nothing is the goal.
1: Well, it's when you say that, what I hear is like, we're like, there's a deliberate, avoidance of these kinds of like humanizing emotions mm-hmm. because their goal is kind of this like serene balancing point so that they can be objective because there's a lot riding on their actions and decisions and so i right i don't i don't hold it against them personally that they hold themselves to this kind of standard even if it does make them quote unquote like less human not that you do just that i don't yeah 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 now there's this idea of
0: balance throughout the entirety of the series right Mm -hmm. is it possible that the jedi only feel that there needs to be balance because that's how they operate they operate by balancing Good and bad, and staying right in the middle.
1: Um, I I have to. I have to answer that question. Yes, because I have to allow for the possibility. But um, (laughs)
0: logic dictates
1: I say yes. But uh, I'm going to tell you how I feel now. Right. That's very much how I operate. So, (laughs) Um, it's a good. It's a way. The way that you phrased that was challenging. So, say it again. So the Jedi themselves, they teach
0: balance in all things. Right. Which makes me think that maybe they are looking at the only solution to the to combating evil is only to seek balance.
1: So I'm gonna push back on your on your point here in this way. How dare you? I know. When you say that the Jedi are. I don't know how to, advertising or however you said it, this idea. Of philosophy. Balance, right.
0: Because Qui-Gon's like, hell, he'll bring balance to the force. And, yes. and then they need to maintain. You need to maintain evenness with yourself. You need to be balanced in the force in order to be successful.
1: So our favorite, my favorite conversation that you and I have had on this podcast revolved around this question. So I think it's. Um, important to state at this point that the perspective that he is advocating for there is the Jedi perspective, which we discussed may not actually be what balance in the force truly looks like. Um, We think that it's probably more accurate to say, uh, which you and I came to an agreement on is that it's the Jedi's version of balance. So, Mm -hmm. But we all, I think, w- another consensus that we arrived at was that if they achieve that version of balance, it will un- ultimately become unbalanced again because the dark side will simply push back against the fact that there is all of these practitioners out there using the like light side of the force, and like the force has always acted in order to like equate those numbers again. Right. So like,
0: because I maintain it, the bound, the force is
1: sentient and makes decisions. Yes, and I I maintain that it is almost sentient. And come at and, me, yeah. What we should do is put that on a poster and then sit you down like at a folding <laughs> table on a college campus and they're like, "The <laughs> yeah. force is sentient." Change my mind, and then <laughs> have people sit down and discuss it with you. Um. I think that the only way that the force ever really achieves balance if there's no one around to use it which we've crossed that bridge and there's we've learned right. that that people get born with force sensitivity. Yeah. So I mean like it's it's all it's just going to be an eternal battle. Right. So in it,
0: on the same subject as joy and everything. Yeah. It's never mentioned is it where like I mean there's a whole there's a whole group of time that we haven't really spent too much time in, which is while they're in school. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. During their um, indoctrination period. Right. <laughs> um, I, I hate you. Sometimes. I know. I know. So in that time, Je- Jedi yep. or, or Padawans as they, as it were, uh, they go through, they go through puberty. And yes. they 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 have hormones and stuff, right? Yes. So there has to be moments in that time of emotional swings one way or another, right? Right. I would think.
1: Yes. So Maybe right.
0: It's interesting it's interesting that there aren't more people that seek the dark side cuz every school has has bullies. I don't care. I don't care. Whether or not, I don't care how many, how many midichlorians you have inside you. Okay. Yep. I'm with you. They can still be dicks. They probably had to be somebody then who was bullied. And I got to imagine that they were not having a good time. I'm sure that they weren't. And as you've stated, yep. That the problem or the reason why Jedi don't dabble in dark side accessing the force through dark side means is because it's too tempting it's too easy there's no reason for them to try and achieve balance when they can access it all the same without sitting down in the middle of two revolving energy doors in the middle of a spaceship and trying to meditate right after fighting right that's correct you're with me yes so so <laughs> how come there weren't more dark side users or, or people doing that then, or at least that we know of. So, And if, if you don't know of any, then do you think
1: there were, and how do you think they would handle it? So um, there are certainly points in the order where stuff like that did happen. So like we see, like there is a um, comic book of a young Jedi Knight named Zane Carrick who his time at the temple uh, wasn't easy for him. He wasn't very force sensitive. He was kind of made fun of and picked on. He was kind of like an outcast. And then he gets blamed for something and goes on the run. And because that he's, he's trying to prove his innocence. And, um, but everybody's ready to think the worst of him because he quote unquote didn't fit in, you know, at the temple. So like you see stuff like that, but to, to your point, like we only, um, ever see star wars at the most pivotal most important moments that's what this the story is yeah. roughly about for now so, i mean yeah for now right so but i would not be surprised if like in like a like a show like rebels or like if there's going to be these upcoming live action shows maybe um if we get one set like maybe one maybe at some point we get one set in like the temple that Luke had formed before Kylo burned it down, or maybe Ray does something Mm -hmm. with trying to teach. Maybe she has a new philosophy on how to teach people um, how to learn about the force, but we might very easily get some more real world scenarios in those uh, forums, which I would be up for Um, most of what you, I think what we would would have seen from what you have just um, described and asked for would be in something like, the Young Jedi Knight series of books that were written for young adults back in the 90s and early 2000s. Um, I did not read those, but I imagine that they would, based upon the age groups they were designed for and the fact that like the main characters were all force sensitive, that I would imagine you would see things like bullying or like diversity or like inclusion would all be included in like those types of stories. Um, so if I was going to try and go and find an example uh, to satisfy that question that's where i would start interesting do you think that like a star
0: wars clone would do well uh as, as sorry i mixed it up a uh, uh, uh harry potter clone mm-hmm. essentially like a, a school school time sort of series uh set in star wars where well, you I follow see.
1: So you follow Harry from potions to defense against the dark arts, but it's a Jedi Padawan going from self-defense to history. Bury the Jedi. Bury the Jedi. Um, I think that it could be popular. I mean, like, so, I mean, what I would, what I would do if I was, I mean, if they were like, Hey, Drew, come work at Lucasfilms. I would say yes.
0: Okay, what would you like me to do? Let me know when I get there.
1: I don't yeah, care. it's fine. What are you gonna pay? It doesn't matter. I'll <laughs> sleep on the premises. That's okay. <clears throat> um they're like we want you to tell the story, we want you to make this happen. Like I would build off of the idea of Grogu. You know, like, you know, if he hadn't abandoned the Luke and you know, fuck and told the order to fuck off, um, I would have taken Grogu and been like, Oh, this is what him interacting with like young jedi apprentices might have been like
0: yeah he he interacted with children in a camp
1: and everyone universally loved him
0: yeah he did he ate some cookies some uh stole half half of macaroons Mm -hmm. stole Uh, that from that
1: other kid with the force yeah yeah and everyone loved that thought it was great yeah he's just hungry right remember he (laughs) ate that uh he ate those that, babies. He ate yeah, those babies he did eat the babies. Yeah, creature. Yeah, that was great. After demonstrating,
0: he understands what we say to him, and he understands life, and yep. um, that he we told him anyways. to not do that, and he ate those, he ate those like babies. Yeah. yeah, and we loved every one of them.
1: <laughs> I mean that that race might die out, but like, uh, sure, sure. And I think they said something in that episode where it's like they're like near almost the last of their kind or something like right at yeah i mean that's why they had to pair back up and then he just ate her kids anyway. it was a big
0: deal yeah
1: so but yes to answer your question like and you've always loved the idea of like getting more down to that like day-to-day nitty-gritty of the star wars universe
0: yeah uh master woods mentioned that sh- that she would really enjoy or they would really enjoy um a movie or a show focused solely on civilian life and uh, when I read her question
1: I was <laughs> like oh you guys are going to be just the best of I was like there's more me out there oh yeah
0: <laughs> I would love it just show me just show me what it's like to I want to see city life too though the Mandalorian showed us a lot of the uh, country life yeah you know, I get a sense that from the three and a half minutes of city life that we've seen in the prequel, prequel. trilogies. Yep. That it's pretty happening. You know.
1: So Coruscant, that capital planet that they live on that we see mostly in the prequel trilogy. Yeah. That is like layer upon layer upon and the lower you go, it's literally like the lower down society. Yeah. 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 And so like you don't even I mean like the the like bedrock mm-hmm. of the planet, like um people are like, oh I would I would not I would not go down there, you know, that no. seems really dangerous, you know. And so like there's I mean, I think with the shows, what, what leads me to think that you could do that is that the shows like The Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett are taking the idea of scale in Star Wars. Yeah, zooming in on something that's not quite as big as we have seen in the films and so that makes that leads me to believe that something like that like um so like um here's a comparison like uh in star trek most of the television shows you were on a ship traveling from point a to b yeah but then they did deep space nine where you were in a static point and like the interesting things came to you and it changed the way that they had to tell stories right and so it's not as well liked as some of those other more like um, comparable shows. The scenery changes more when you travel. Correct. (laughs) Right. So there's new and shiny, shiny things. Yeah. But like um, if you wanted to do something like that in court, like in Coruscant, there are a number of characters that you could build that show off of um, or invent, you know, that like would be, I think extremely interesting. Like in the bad batch um, we have the beloved actress, Rhea Perlman who was on cheers. Um, She voiced a kind of like a CD go between for the bad batch um, when they were on the run. And like, you could do something with her and her world, you know, or just the bad batch, you know, like where they're hiding out on Coruscant for the better part of a season or something. So like, I think that these avenues are there. It's just that, Disney has to decide, like, what stories are we going to tell? Right. They have a lot of choices. They do. And, like, like let's say you worked at Lucasfilm or Disney or something, and you wanted to go pitch, like, Country Life on Coruscant <laughs> to kind of get an idea yeah. of what the everyday is for, like, the common man. I don't know that they would be like, oh, Right, we're going to sell a lot of toys with this. <laughs> that's true. That, I think
0: that's probably well. That's interesting. Book of Boba Fett was not really a cash grab for merchandise, except for Boba Fett himself. He sells whatever, right? But like, there was no Boba, or excuse me, there was no Grogu, right? In that one, there was there weren't like cute little whatever's. This one had cyborgs. Mm-hmm. And gambling yep. and uh gangsters, families, right? Uh yeah. different um boroughs and things like that. Right. So it's very old Yeah, this is very much a lot more uh mature, I would yeah. say, of a story. Oh yeah. So we're headed there. I mean, I we need we need your Star Wars after dark or whatever, where oh, dude. I want swearing. I want Mm -hmm. nudity. Okay. Uh, I don't care what species. I want. I think you you might. (laughs) I want blood. Mm -hmm. You know that those are the those that's the stories that we want.
1: Basically like Spartacus if it was set in Star Wars. Yeah. Right. Maybe not that extreme. Spartacus was pretty, pretty graphic.
0: Give me some sort of John Wick, sort of deal.
1: Hard to argue with that. If it gets Keanu in Star Wars, I, I'm I'm all for That's it. That's all we want. All of a sudden, like, like you've got Boba Fett and like Fennec Shan, and then all of a sudden, like Wick kicks into the door <laughs> of the cantina and just walks through, like doing the like gun check, yeah. and whatever. <laughs> yeah. And it's like they just look at each other and it's like, well, I mean, I I have this Mandalore. I have this Beskar armor, but I'm not fucking with that,
0: right? Yeah, he will find
1: a way. Yeah. Baba, Baba
0: Yaga. Yeah, we're still alike. Well, it's not going to get better than that. Not planned. Saying something at the
1: same time. No, that's kind of a high point.
0: Yeah, we did it, Master Woods. Thank you very much. We, we will. Not- we still have questions to get through. Yeah. Or oh, we're
1: going to save those for next time. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Maybe maybe we'll uh, have Master Woods on. That would be great. That would be great they can elaborate on some things and uh, it'd be nice to have another conversation with uh, people that we don't know. Absolutely. But we want to have conversations with people we do know too. So uh, well, how do we have those
1: conversations Tom? Uh,
0: Through the electronic mail initially. Right. That's uh mediocre conversations at gmail.com. We got it at the top and bottom twice we wanna, now I we're think. hitting that
1: we're get, we're starting to hit our stride hell yeah promoting the email address hell ourselves yeah. less so
0: yeah but i called it the right email every time this time
1: and i appreciate that
0: yeah so thanks everybody for hanging out
1: it's a good time. if you
0: have questions hit us up we'll do a mediocre job of answering them mm-hmm. and hopefully after we've answered them you're just like oh, all right
1: be, we we would be elated about that. So if you were mildly satisfied with our yeah. response, we would be yeah. over the moon. <laughs> Absolutely. Ah, uh, all right. Well, talk to you guys later. May the force be with you.